Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Life equals risk, doesn't it? How many of you jumped out of an airplane before? Anybody jumped out of an airplane? Anybody done anything crazy? Maybe jumped in front of a moving car and then jumped out of the way before it hit you? Anybody? No, I'm the only one. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Hey, um, last week we had an incredible time with Gabe Salazar. He had, he had more energy. I mean, he had so much energy. It was crazy. And all I heard back from his message was, man, that dude's passionate. That dude is excited. So I hope you enjoyed it. If anything, you were entertained. You laughed a lot. But um, we were so thankful that he could come be a part of our service. We actually had a record-breaking service. And not only in attendance, which we did. Come on, give yourself a hand for a record attendance of 165 people. That is amazing what God was doing last Sunday, just you showing up. Maybe it was to hear Gabe. Um, hopefully not. But Hopefully, um, whatever reason it was, we were so glad that you were here, but it was also a record-breaking attendance of the longest sermon ever preached at Luminous Church, 52.30-something seconds, uh, 52 minutes, 30 seconds. It was crazy long, so welcome to church. I realize that this is the 11 o'clock service. It's the only time we'll have an 11 o'clock service, so give yourself a hand for that, for the extra amount of sleep. Maybe you didn't quite understand that. You got an extra hour, so it's really 11 o'clock. At least Benson thinks so, and all of our kids back there who are starving. Anybody hungry this morning? A little bit? Okay, we'll show up early and go to our cafe. We'd love for you to take part in that. Man, um, this is actually the one of the only Sundays we've had all year where we didn't have a sermon series planned, and so uh, Ben Chapman gets to talk about whatever he wants. So welcome to my entertainment corner, and it's going to be incredible. We hope that it is for you this morning. Um, next week, we will be starting a three-week three week giving series, so if you um, are looking to bring a friend, then you may not want to do it next week because we're talking about your money, and if your friend's here, we're going to talk about their money too, And uh, but unashamedly, we believe that God's moving us into a season of generosity, and so we're going to be able to talk about that and address a couple of things with Luminous Church specifically. We're going to paint the picture of kind of where we're moving financially, and so if you have at all any curiosity about that you should come and if you just want to know how God what God thinks about money you should come as well and this morning I'm going to revisit um, January 11th everybody say January 11th January 11th why am I saying that because we talked about um, risk we were in vision Sunday and we talked about this theme of risk and and on January 11th we met down the hallway in one of the huge theaters that seats 370 people and we said that this year is going to be a year of risk that this year is going to be a year where we where we do things that we've never done before because we believe if you do things you've never done before then you're going to see things you've never seen before that's what we believe, and so that's what we started stepping out into, and we, we challenged all of us in this room to do that. So I'm going to revisit some of the measures, the measurements that we set up on January 11th, how we're doing with that, because you see, when you set vision, you should write it down and you should obtain or seek to obtain it, of course, of course, as God leads and as the Spirit leads, which we, 
prayed a lot about those measures and believe that's what God was calling us to. So it'll be fun. If you're a guest or you've joined us, joined us after January 11th, don't worry. I believe that God's going to speak to you. I believe that he has a word for you. I believe he's going to encourage you. You won't leave disappointed. And if you do, grab a donut on the way out. That'll be amazing. You know, risk, when we hear risk, we often think about this video. We think about jumping out of airplanes. We think about bungee jumping. We think about, about doing crazy adrenaline things. And you see that video, and most of you are like, he's talking about risk, and I'm never going to do that. Well, you know, my, my, I don't own uh, an adrenaline company. I'm not trying to get you to jump out of airplanes or sell you tickets to go bungee jumping. I believe that God is calling us to risk. And it's not necessarily so much about, about this experiential jumping out of things, adrenaline, all about what feels good. It's not about that. But I believe that God's going to show us something this morning. And I'm going to hopefully paint a great picture of what that looks like. You know, oftentimes is today, ultimately risk is about your purpose. It's about your purpose. It's about what God's called you to. And I believe that God has called everybody in this room to something specifically. I believe that. I believe that there is a will for your life. And I think ultimately that will is to be a righteous man or woman of God and to live a holy life pleasing to God, living for him and hearing from the Holy Spirit that he would lead your life as he wants you to live. I believe that. But I believe that there are specific niches for each and every one in here. You see, we were created in God's image and he knitted us together, as Psalm says, in our mother's womb, specifically knowing the hairs on our head or the lack of hair on your head for some of you. Quickly join in that club. I believe that God knows you and he knew, he knew what he put in you. Some of you have amazing, angelic voices. It's incredible. Others do not. And will never be up here on this stage leading worship through song. I'm sorry. That right there shows me that there is some purpose and God's put some things in you. I'm a man who can do a lot of things a very a little amount. Are you like that? Maybe you can do a lot of things, but you just know a little bit about it. That's me. That's what I do. I don't know a lot about much, and so that's why I probably speak in broad, generic small talk. You ever talk to me? The goal today is to believe that God has created you for purpose, but it's also to believe that, that God has created you for something other than yourself. Something other than yourself. Self-pity. Anything that you would say self, that God would call you to something out of that. And I believe that. When I was 21 years old, I was a crazy youth pastor. You may have seen me revisit the youth ministry lately and there's a video that I want to thank Chantal and Jaron for making for pastor appreciation that was awesome and and you may have seen me jumping around like crazy and I was revisiting those youth days but youth ministry was hard for me you see I grew up in a life of this fear of failure and maybe you could relate to this where I've, I feel like I feel 
like anything that I tried that I would I would fail and so therefore I wouldn't try and it was a summer year and we were planning the youth summer and they were going to be on a ranch in Midland, Texas. And we were going to have 120 of these youth kids show up. And the youth pastor tapped me on the shoulder and he said, I want you to plan the first night of our summer bash. I want you to plan it from beginning to end. Whatever you can imagine, I want you to do it. He told me this early in advance, uh, months in advance, and I knew about this, and as I knew about this, I began to think about it, and I thought about what all we could do. It was a week before the bash. We already announced it. Hundreds of kids were going to be there. It was going to be amazing. It was going to be epic. Just one problem is when, when Daniel called me into his office, Big Dan that we called him, when he called me into his office, he goes, okay, tell me what you got, and right there it hit. I broke down, and as a 21-year-old young man, I started to cry and said, I got nothing. I got nothing. And <laughs> you should have seen his eyes, man. They were huge. They were like, what do you mean you have nothing? I have nothing. I don't even, I don't know nothing. And he, he began to freak out and panic, as most any boss would with a project coming in just a few days. And it was immediately in that moment that he began to realize something, that Ben Chapman has a problem trying anything because he's scared that he won't be perfect and he won't fit up to the task. And he won't measure up and he will actually fail. And right there, I was crying down and this, this huge man, 6'4", 300 pounds, began to hold me and I was weeping, 140 pounds, and then that was awesome. And... <laughs> As I began to do that, he began to pray for me, and he restored me. And he said something I'll never forget. He said, Ben, you'll never get in trouble for trying. You'll never get in trouble for trying. If you tried and you failed, it would be okay with us. The time that you're going to get in trouble is not trying at all. And this huge fear just came over me, and it was like a peace. It's like peace just happened. And as I realized that, I began to think, I mean, today during this song, as we're singing, good, good father, you're perfect in all your ways. And it's amazing because God is perfect, so I don't have to be. And, and so many times we come into church, we come into luminous, and we, we feel like we had to be just perfect, right? How many times did you look in the mirror this morning and make sure your outfit was just right for luminous church? We all do it, right? And, and God was just saying, I'm perfect. You don't have to be. And it relieved so much anxiety for me as I was thinking about this. I was thinking of all this anxiety that built up for perfection. And this actually revisited me as I started CrossFit, right? How many of you start working out and it's so intimidating? Well, lately I've been sitting in the car in the parking lot. And there's many days I'm like, I do not want to go in there. I do not want to go in there. I'm going to look like an idiot. I don't even know how to lift weights. They have a recommended woman's weight for the workout. I can't even do that. This is horrible. And I'm sitting there and I'm counting. Y'all ever do this and you just count. Okay, 10, 9, 8, 2, 1. Okay, let me recount. Right? 
I believe that God wants us to be risk takers. And there's a great story in Matthew chapter 25 about risk taking of what God is showing us. Matthew 25, 14 through 30, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there this morning. It says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and trusted them to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. Verse 17. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. Verse 18. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Verse 19. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Five talents. Here I have made five talents more. Verse 21, his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22, and he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two more talents. Verse 23, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 24, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours, verse 26. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was mine own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness into the place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth that is not exciting at all in in parables as we read the bible and we look at parables oftentimes there's multiple meanings that jesus is coming across and he's displaying He's displaying multiple meanings, and one of those meanings is this, is that when God gives you something, it's a principle. When God gives you something, if you're faithful with that something, he will give you more. It's a promise that God has always set up. If you're faithful with that very little, he can entrust you with more stuff. I'm thankful that God gives us only according to the measure in which he made us. Because if he were to give me more, I would break. Therefore, God will not give you more than you can handle. That's what Jesus said. I'm thankful for that. In verse 6, we look at this. The one who gave five talents, what did he immediately do? He immediately made five more. There's a principle here. When God gives you something and there's something discovered in you, Maybe it's a talent, maybe it's a treasure, maybe something he's entrusted you with. Then, then there's an important principle that we should immediately go invest it. Immediately go invest it. We have to immediately go invest it. Risk always takes 
movement. Doesn't it risk always takes movement? How many of you sit there in the car and you ask, hey, babe, where do you want to go eat? And what's her response? Where do you want to go eat? And then you look at her again. Well, <laughs> wherever you want to go eat. And then she looks at you again, and she's rolling her eyes, and she goes, where do you want to go eat? Make a decision. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, I better make a decision. Now, for those who are single, you have a lot of freedom because you're just asking yourself in the mirror, where do you want to go eat? <laughs> no, where, where, do you, where do you want to go eat? It's pretty awesome. Miss those days. Just kidding. It's what, we, it's what we do. Where do you want to go eat? Well, if you sit there in the car long enough and you remain idle long enough, then your fuel tank begins to get lower and lower. And if you remain there long enough and idle long enough without movement, what eventually happens? You run out of gas. You run out of gas. And this is what we often do when we... When God has given us talents, those who are afraid of risk are afraid to immediately go and do something and sit there idle with what God has given you. You'll eventually run out of gas, and when you decide to go, you can't go anywhere. This happens so many times, and this is what we see in this parable. You see, if we immediately go, then there's no longer room for all the not only idle waiting, but the idle thinking. You see, as you sit there long enough with the talents and the treasures and the things that God has given you, then you move into a place of idle thinking. And idle thinking is dangerous ground. You see, the longer you wait there, the longer you sit there, your mind begins to wander. And that's the moment that the enemy gets to speak. That's the moment where you leave the room for the enemy to speak, where he says, he says all sorts of things to you like, well, maybe you're not really good at that. Maybe you really can't plan a campus bash, Ben. Maybe you really can't do that job correctly. Maybe you really can't be a great mother. Maybe you won't ever be a good father. Why even try? In verse 17, we see the one who had two talents. He was, he was given less, but he also had something. He, he was passionate, and he immediately went and made two more. The thing that removes the obstacles oftentimes when it comes to risk-taking is passion. You see, if you have passion for something, then it removes the obstacle. You see, sometimes when God gives you a treasure, when he gives you a talent, when he gives you something, if you're passionate, it will remove every obstacle in the way. We see that oftentimes. You see, people can jump out of a plane because they're just passionate about it. They don't care about their life. It's awesome. If you're passionate about something enough, it will remove the obstacles. But if you lack passion for the thing that God has given you, then you'll make excuses about why you can't move and take any risk. We see this in the life of Jonah. God gave Jonah a talent. He gave him a measure. He said, I want you to go proclaim the gospel of repentance to, to the Ninevites. I want you to go speak this to 120,000 people. But you see, Jonah had no passion for the Ninevites. He didn't care about them. He didn't love them. He could care less about them. And so he started making excuses. 
And as you make excuses, what's crazy about this, you're actually taking more risk not moving than if you were to move in God's plan. And I think it's crazy. There's so many people out there who don't want to take a risk for God, don't want to take a risk moving to what God has spoken because they're afraid of what may happen. But I'm going to tell you the opposite is true. Jonah ended up being thrown over a boat. He ended up into the belly of a well. He ended up going through so much adversity because he said no, and he wasn't passionate about what God put in his heart. If you're passionate about what God's put in your heart, it's going to move boundaries be more than you think they could ever be moved. Faithful. God has called us to be faithful. Ultimately, faithfulness is the risk that God is calling us to. Faithfulness. Being faithful as a mom is incredibly risk-taking. It means that every day you're going to wake up and you're going to see your kid through and you're going to make sure they're taken care of and you're going to be faithful to them. It's the greatest risk that you'll ever take faithfulness. And that's what we learned from this parable, that he who was faithful was entrusted with much. Was entrusted with much. But the man who was scared, who was afraid, who had all these things, he did what was easy. Has anything broken around your house and you just do what's easy? Like maybe, maybe this has happened to you where, where the little vent cap, you know, falls off the ceiling, you know, where the air comes out, the little ducting, ducking, and you go up there and you grab just a couple of random screws and you screw it back in. Or you grab some nails or maybe you find some duct tape and you're like, I'm just going to use a lot of duct tape. Have you been in anybody's house and looked under their sink? How many pipes are held up by duct tape? Anybody want to confess to that or, or maybe maybe a college student doesn't have pipes so maybe your window motor is broke and so you just use a lot of duct tape to put that window back up have have you seen that anybody seen that maybe there's a broken window and so you just grab a bunch of cellophane and a bunch of plastic and you just you try to make a you know just any window you can typically people who do that you would look at a product like that and it would be whatever was convenient for them I don't really have anything. I'll just, I'll just make do. I'll get some duct tape. I'll get some screws. I'll, I'll get some nails. I'll, I'll get maybe some chewing gum and try to put it back up there. And, and here's what we call it. When we're around our circle of friends and all that, we're like, dude, check out how innovative I am. This is innovation at all costs. Look at this. You see how innovative that is? I mean, look at that ceiling fan. It wobbles a little bit, but it's still up there. It's awesome. Well, when you get married, your wife will tell you that's lazy. Because you see, you, you didn't have enough intentionality to get in your car and go to the hardware store and buy the right screw that fits, the right bolt that fits to replace the item, to, to really take take part of this, it's really lazy. And we do it all the time. In fact, that's what this slothful servant did. He, he said, I'm just going to dig a hole right here, and I'm going to hide that money because it's, it's really easy. 
You see, we, we, we think he's afraid, which maybe he is. But the master calls him something different. He calls him wicked and slothful. You see, if you would read this parable without the context, you, you would mess it up because you would say, oh, Jesus is so mean. He's so mean that he would punish somebody like this. But you see, this servant never had the passion for what God has given him. He never had the right heart. In fact, his heart was never in it. And that's why Jesus calls him wicked and slothful in this illustration. This servant, maybe he was ignorant, maybe he was afraid, maybe he was lazy, maybe he was all three. This year in 20, in January 11th, 2015, we asked and challenged our people, Luminous Church, to do several different things, to be risk takers, to pray about these things, but to be risk takers. The first thing was to go on a mission trip. This year, we had 21 people go to a foreign country to give of their life to go on a mission trip. Of those 21 people, 18 people signed up that one day and said, yes, this is what I'm going to do. God deposited a talent in them, a treasure in them, and said, man, the mission field, this is what you're called to do. They said yes, and they were intentional. Immediately, they went and signed up. To join a community group was the second thing. We have 90 people who've taken a risk to do life in community with one another in a house, sharing with each other, praying together, breaking bread. So amazing. We, we challenge everybody to join an Ignite team. These Ignite teams are those that make church happen on Sunday morning. Without the Ignite team, we would not be here. They're the ones who set up the lights. They're the ones who watch our kids. They're the ones who unloads trailers. We've had dozens of people step up to join Ignite teams. Go to Campus Harvest. We, we, we encourage all of our college kids. Any college kids in here? Woo! We encourage all of our college kids to go to Campus Harvest. Take a risk. Spend your money. Travel, travel two hours up to um, San Marcos area and go to Campus Harvest. We had over 40 people go to Campus Harvest. We took it a bit further, not so, not so measurable, but we said more abstractly to be a man of God, to be a woman of God. And we outlined that clearly. We said, we want you to be upright in your household and be a man of God and woman of God wherever you go. And that you would find out what it is to be that if you have no idea what it is. We challenge people to get married because we love single people and we love our single people. They're amazing. But we believe that God has called a lot of people to get married, so we challenge people to get married. And some women are still praying for some men to step up, so we're going to encourage some men to step up to pursue some ladies in a healthy, godly way. But we started a pursuit class. We had five couples. Out of five couples that attended that, four of them are now engaged, and one of them are married. That's awesome. And you may think I'm weird for saying that, but God loves marriage. He loves marriage. We've asked God to do this, be in a one-on-one -on -one discipleship group, be in a one-on-one -on -one discipleship group. So we started a discipleship track. If you have your app, you can pull that out. And on that app, there's a discipleship track icon. You can actually click that icon and tell us where you are today in that discipleship track. 
And if you would do that real quickly, that'd be awesome. So go ahead and grab your app. And if you aren't anywhere on that, that's okay. Just put, I'm not anywhere on that. That would be great for us. You see, because when we set out a vision and we, when we mark a vision, we want to make sure that actually the vision's being accomplished. We want to make sure that things are being done. I don't want to say things abstractly and just say things up here and nothing happens. Let us know where you are and let us know where you want to begin. And we want to help you grow in Christ. Isn't that what we want to do? It's our mission. We want to reach people far from Christ with the gospel. Those people in our community, the campus, and the world with the light of Jesus Christ. And we're going to do all that we can to do that. And we're going to release our resources in order to make that happen. So let us know where you are. We've had 20 women go through our women's retreat. That means they've spent 27 weeks going through our discipleship track, learning about Jesus, what it means to be a follower of Christ, learning to hear from God, learn how to journal and know their identity fully in Christ. It's pretty awesome. Men have yet to do it. Why is it that women always outstep the men to share? We wanted you to share the gospel. So what we did is we put a bunch of invite cards on all the chairs in that big theater, and we said, we want you to take one card, and we want you to give this away, and we want you to invite them to church. That would be so amazing, but also we would love for the opportunity for you to share the gospel of Jesus and who Jesus is with your neighbor, your friend, your coworker, whatever that looks like. I was meeting in discipleship track this week. I was, we're going through the purple book. We're on chapter seven, me and Stephen back there. Stephen, chapter 7. Put chapter 7 down on that app. Thanks, man. Chapter 7. We're on that app. Chapter 7. And, and he just said, man, I just, I don't really know how to share the gospel. It's so intimidating. It looks so easy for you. I go, bro, it's not easy. I get scared every time I open my mouth. Like, am I going to be rejected? Or are they going to say something? And so Stephen and I just began to have a, calm, a casual conversation. I said this, when you share the gospel, be you. Be you. You have to be you. Everybody wants authenticity. So don't go preaching at them. Just be you. And this is the way you do it. You just tell your story. Just tell your story with somebody. Ask questions. Listen to their story. And just tell them what Jesus has done for you. It's real easy, and you can do it in a casual way. You can do it while you're playing Xbox, Call of Duty, the new Black Ops is coming out. I know some kids are excited about that. Aaron. So I'm just saying, share the gospel, share the gospel, share the gospel. Over the next few weeks, we're actually going to be talking about that. And as the worship team helps close us out this morning, this is not a 52-minute message, hallelujah. But as the worship team comes and closes out, I want to share this with you as they do it. Turn to your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We preach from this verse oftentimes because it's really the vision of our church to see Jesus clearly because we believe if you see him that you'll never be the same. And as you turn to Hebrews chapter 12, I want to actually read through the message because I love the message. If you would stand with me as we read this. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, it says this. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, talking about the people of faith. 
It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parastic sins. Keeping your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, Cro along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. The long litany of hostility he plowed through that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Jesus was the greatest risk taker ever, ever. Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross because he was passionate about the stewardship that God given him, had given him, which was you and me. God said, these are your people, Jesus. And they're in a world that's dying and lost and separate from you. And so what I want you to do is I want you to go down to the world. I want you to go down and I want you to be fully man. And I want you to know what it's like to be tempted in every way. But guess what, Jesus? You're going to overcome it. You're going to live perfect. And you're going to be a risk taker. You're going to go on a cross because that's what I set before you. And you're gonna take their shame, their guilt, their sins, their self-pity, their self-sorrow, their selfishness, and you're gonna nail it to the cross. And you're gonna die for them so that they may have life forever. Because you see, they're an imperfect people. But you and me, Jesus, we're perfect. God the Father and Jesus are perfect in every way. Coming to a world for an imperfect people because he was passionate about you. Passionate. Jesus is the greatest steward I've ever known. And he loves you so much. And I think we need to sing to God, our Father, and just remember how good he is. And when I'm imperfect and when I mess up and when I fail and I try and I fail and I try, I fell and I tried. Just like Big Dan, 6'4", 300 pounds, God's going to hold you and say, you can do it. Don't give up. You can do it. Jesus, we love you today. Father, thank you for just the perfect example of what it means to be the risk taker. And Father God, that which you have entrusted to us. God, we know that you're good and you're perfect. God, all we want to do is fall in love with you and be intentional with what you've given us. We love you, God. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.